Welcome to Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. I'm Val. And this week we're talking about Schindler's List. Schindler's List uh, was made in 1993 by the one and only Steven Spielberg. This is our second Steven Spielberg movie of mm-hmm. this month because yep. we are focusing on the great man, Steven Spielberg. And good friend of yours. Oh, yeah. Of good course. friend, Steven. <laughs> good friend, Steven. <laughs> friend of the show. You were in Aruba a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Together. He was totes there with me. <laughs> totes there. <laughs> I say it every time because it makes you laugh every time. <laughs> I'm almost we're, 40 and we're I say the, totes. We're getting the laughter out of the way Yeah, because there's like there's there's really going to be a lot any, coming up no. here. Yeah, I mean, we talked Saving Private Ryan last week and there is a little bit of humor and... There's not There's so not much in Schindler's so, List. No. I mean, I want you guys to just imagine pitching this film. Even if you're Steven Spielberg, you're going to go to a studio and you're going – or to money, which is two different things. And yeah. you're going to say, I want to make a movie about the Nazis. And I want to make a movie that shows all of the horrible things that they did to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in black and white. Yeah. That's a that's <laughs> turtle to jump over. It is. I yeah. mean, it's – a, a huge thing. Um, you have some of the one of the greatest actors. I think um, Ray Fiennes is playing a horrible person in this mm-hmm. movie, which oh, had yeah. to be really hard for him considering his background mm-hmm. um, and his life. But he knew that this movie needed to be made, and it was kind of his time at the time. He was just coming off some Oscar nominations, um, and you know, for him to be in this film. And Liam Neeson to be in this film was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're like besties, by ben the way. Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this it, was a great cast. It's interesting because you talk about the making of it. He pitched the idea to them. Um, it, he, he said this movie scared him out of his mind. He had no idea how he was going to make this movie. Yeah. But he didn't want anybody else to do it. Um, in fact, at one point, he actually traded the film to Kubrick and then said, no, I'm going to need that back. Anyway, it would have been so, a totally different film. Yeah, oh very my gosh. different. Really, yeah. But when he pitched this to Universal, they agreed to do it. But the caveat was, is he had to make Jurassic Park first because they, they said, wanted the money. Well, right. that, and they said, once you make this movie, you're never going to be the same. Right. And you have to get the fun roller coaster ride of Jurassic Park out for us first because we don't know if you can make that movie after you do. Schindler's List. So he would shoot Schindler's List during the day and then have to go to his hotel room and via, at the time, very expensive satellite connections, he would be editing Schindler's List with his editor at night. Or Yeah, um, they'd be editing, excuse me, editing Jurassic Park at mm-hmm. night after having shot Schindler's List during the day. And he talked about the difficulty of yeah. shutting off his, or changing his brain thoughts in going from one extreme to the other. Well, in trying just telling a studio that people will actually come in and pay money to watch a film that is probably the saddest thing they're ever going to see right. ever. Right. You know, you're going to pay big money to, to go and be depressed for almost three hours. Right. It's just incredible. The fact that he pushed and made it and he wanted to make it as historically accurate as he could. Mm -hmm. It took him two years just to interview and find people 
for this film that were actually had family members that were there, survivors. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a lot, a lot of research. Well, and they filmed on location a lot of times. Yeah. They could not film in the concentration camps. But they right. had to recreate most of them. They which recreated is crazy. and then they shot oftentimes just outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they had the shots, they rebuilt the set outside of the concentration camp. Which is eerie. And so when you have the train entering the concentration camp in the movie, it was literally leaving the concentration camp wow. of real life into their fake set. Can you imagine the, the feeling like just, I've never been there and I know friends that have gone there, but I mean, rebuilding something on such sacred, sacred ground. ground and then having to recreate these horrific events that right. happened, just being a crew on that set must, I mean, the emotional you know, you're, you're always going to be exhausted. These are 18 hour days mm -hmm. that you're working, mm -hmm. but I mean, that's physically exhausted. I can't even imagine how emotionally exhausting this film was to make. Yeah. I mean, that's because just, it is that way just to watch it. Oh, right. It absolutely is. Right. And you can see, you watch it and you can see why the studio, any studio would be hesitant to pick it up, mm -hmm. even though it's a wonderful, fantastic, amazing movie. It's not one that people are going to pay to go see over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just. I mean, well, you've got the fear of people that just don't want to see those visuals. They know right. that they happened. Mm -hmm. It's horrific. They don't want to see that in real life. Then you have people that don't think that it ever happened, right. which is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're flat earth people as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then, <laughs> sorry. No, it's true. And then you've got the people that were there or had family members there, whether it was on our side, their side, you know, whatever sides they were there. Right. And I remember um, when it came out in Germany and it, it was two weeks after it opened in the United States. I was really young when this movie opened, mm -hmm. but it was, it was, I knew it was significant and, and I remember hearing on the news because my dad was an avid news watcher, newspaper reader. And when it came out in Germany, it they didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was sold out, mm -hmm. which is crazy, you know, that because there are sides to every story. And, right. and you know, that to, to watch that there and to know that that's your history um, is it just gives me chills. But mm -hmm. in here in Utah, people were picketing the film. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I remember I didn't get to see this film on the big screen, you guys. Like, I haven't seen it yet on the big screen. Really? And it's one of oh, my favorite man. films because yeah. in 1993, when it came out, I'm pretty sure I was like in sixth grade or something like that. Oh, and so old. So <laughs> my parents, this was not the kind of, you know, fun loving movie right. that they were going to take us to. And mm -hmm. so it's so funny because I couldn't see it. Um, and I was reading about it. And and all this stuff, I couldn't see it until it came on HBO. And then I had to do what the, the kid thing does is you wait until you have the house to yourself uh -huh. and you turn on the R-rated movie right. and you watch it. And I watched this movie by myself wow. at that age. Wow. And I didn't know what to do with the information. Oh, that's heavy. It was a lot. And I couldn't really talk to my family about it. One, because I shouldn't have been watching it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I think my dad would have talked to me about it just fine. But mm -hmm. again, I, I didn't really know what I was seeing. Um, I had learned about these things. We'd all learned about these things. And then as I got through the next couple of years of school, that's when we really got into the history of this. And I rewatched mm -hmm. this movie a few more times. And I, I just knew that it was I, what I wanted to do was to make films because mm -hmm. as I went through history class, 
I didn't learn the things that I learned in this film. So I was taking all of that context and the context with this film and putting it together and just thinking like we are doing such a misservice to to history because Mm -hmm. in school, like you said in last week's episode, it's a lot of dates. It's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of know where these countries are and where the borders are and blah, blah, blah. You don't know the story. But the stories behind it and watching the little girl in the red dress. Oh, my goodness. And I wasn't much older than her. I mean, you know, I was maybe six years older than her when I saw this film. Thinking to myself, like, they don't tell us in school that kids died. Right. Do you know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. they just told their soldiers that are over there and there are other soldiers that died. No. There were more (laughs) civilians that died during this war than soldiers, which is crazy because we lost so many soldiers. And a huge percent of that was children. Right. So what Spielberg did there was, I mean, he could have totally lost his audience at that point because none of us want to picture a kid dying. Of course not. Absolutely. But the way that him and his cinematographer did this and the choice that they made to make her, because the whole film is black and white, and to make her stand out was a poignant moment of you're missing the picture. You have been learning this your whole life, but Mm -hmm. you haven't seen the full picture. And the full picture is your granddaughter, your daughter, your niece could have been this little girl. The little girl in the red coat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's hard to follow up. (laughs) (laughs) That that is such a powerful scene in the movie and and one of the most powerful scenes, I think, in cinema history. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, to follow up anything on that. There's so many images that when I think of this movie, I think of it visually. Mm-hmm. Um, Janusz Kaminski, the cinematographer, and we talked about him in last week's episode with Saving Private Ryan. This film is so different because this is so crisp mm-hmm. and so beautifully framed. I mean, you could take stills from this movie mm-hmm. and frame it and put it on a and wall. And I didn't even know there were so many different shades of black and white yeah. depending oh, on where you absolutely. are in the right. film. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the amazing – you mentioned how how you think of this film so visually when you think about it, and it is in black and white. I mean, when yeah. you think about a film that you would normally think of visually, it's because of the the vibrant colors and mm-hmm. how amazing mm-hmm. – and this is all in black and white, but you still think of this in a very visual way when you think of this movie. Yeah, very But powerful. just the way that he sets the focus and he, he would – he does a lot of deep focus, um, which was a, a, cop, a term that they kind of stole from – uh, Orson Welles was Citizen Kane, and that was a big influence on them for this movie where the whole scene is in focus. Oftentimes in a film, you'll have one point of focus. Everything else is kind of blurred out. Mm-hmm. And in here, he lets the whole scene play out with this focus. So your eye can kind of wander the frame um, as you're watching it. And one of the images that I always think of, and it's one of the more horrific images, is that little boy that's down in the outhouse. And there's yeah. this shaft of light. He looks up. And there's a shaft of light coming down, piercing into the blackness, and it just lit his face. And he looks like this little angelic character mm-hmm. among yeah. waste. And it's just incredible what they did. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned history class. And you do, when you take history, they throw a lot of numbers at you, right? Mm-hmm. And the number of Jews that died in the Holocaust. Right. And, and it's just such an overwhelming number. You can't picture that number. Yeah. Right. You know, it's millions. But Schindler tried to. I mean, that's what the right. whole yeah. movie is about. Right. And and by seeing stories of individuals and smaller groups of people, all of a sudden those aren't numbers anymore. Yeah. Right. 
their people. And that is so important because you mentioned today, there are people out there, lots of people that don't even believe that the Holocaust was real. Right. We need to remember not just that it was real, but that it was real people. Yeah. There's a there's a fascinating documentary um, called Mr. Death. It's done by Errol Morris, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. And there was a guy who went to Auschwitz and took some of the – he stole some stone from the gas chamber. He chiseled it out and went and tested it and said, well, there's no signs of, of radiation – or not radiation, but of gas poisoning here. And – because this guy's misuse of science, he did his testing correctly. Nazi sympathizers used him as their poster boy of the Holocaust never happened. It was a hoax. And it's just, it's so baffling to me with so much proof of everything. One of the other scenes that gets me is the shot where they are um, panning the shoes and the clothing and the rings. And it's all these people's personal belongings that are just piled up there, each one representing a life that's no longer available. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Val, when this came out, um, I was 18. I was a senior in high school getting ready to go into film school. And I already decided that's what I wanted to do. And I went in the theater by myself because nobody, my family didn't want to see it. And I was like, I need to see this movie. And Within a few first few minutes of the film, I had to go to the restroom and I was like, nope, I'm not missing a frame of this movie and just sat there enthralled by it. But I I kind of want to go back to what you said earlier is there was a lot of controversy with this film when this Mm -hmm. came out Mm -hmm. and people I remember people were boycotting this movie because of nudity. They Mm -hmm. were they were basically saying that you could tell the story without the nudity and without seeing all of the death. Right. Mm-hmm. You can tell that story. It's been told before, mm-hmm. but you don't get it. And I can tell you as a kid sitting in front, even an adult now watching this movie, sitting in front of a screen where you have men and women sh- and children stripped of their dignity mm-hmm. down to nothing. Yeah. They are taken everything from their clothes off their back, the teeth, the teeth out of their mouths, mm-hmm. and they are skin and bones mm-hmm. and they're told to run. Yeah. In the mud, in, in the, the mud. cold. Yeah. And and these are people that at the time, not only their culture, but just the, in the time frame that are very modest people. Very, right. very, very. I don't right. think people understand that, that these are very modest people. And you now are taking them from their homes. And these are very smart and well-educated people. You're oh, taking yeah. them doctors, from, lawyers. You're taking them from their homes. You're taking them from their families. You're taking away their clothes, their teeth, their hair. And you're telling them to run for their lives, even though they know they're going to die. Yeah. I mean, you can't explain that to someone. No. But visually, me watching that terrified me. It's a gut punch. Because I realized to myself that there are people on this planet that did this to people. Right. And why aren't we hearing about it? Right. Well, and parents, not being a parent, I I often try and avoid saying this is how you should treat your children. Right. But we appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want to be that guy who's like, I'm going to tell you how to parent your children because I have no freaking clue. Right. But to me, if your child, if if you have have kept your child so sheltered that the this creates some kind of sexual excitement, 
you have done a very bad job parenting. Like yeah. this should not be arousing in the slightest, which is what a lot of these parents were upset about. You know, right. my kid's going to get turned on by this. It's well, too violent. What? It's too, it's, yeah. It, it's they just, not sexualized yeah. at all. And no. I, no, there are some sexualization in th- the movie, there sure, is. Sure. but however, it is very poignant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and if you notice during the times when he is with his mistress. This is Ray Fine's character. Ray Fine's character is with his mistress, and she is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to remember her name right now. Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Davids. Every time she's in the screen, they soften the lens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they want to show, even though he is one of the biggest monsters in this war, he has this soft spot. Even though he's a monster to her... In his world, she is still, regardless of what she is, she is still this, like, beautiful human to him. Right. Um, and it's not something that most people notice because they can't get past, right. you know, him. Right. I mean, when he when he's literally standing out of his window and shooting people with his beer belly mm-hmm. hanging out, like, yeah. you know, I mean. Well, well and, and like I said, almost every other frame in this movie is so crisp and so mm-hmm. sharp. And Except those for scenes, with her. yes, Except yeah. for with her. yes. So, I do think, though, as, as a, a parent, we're not saying you should just let your kids watch this, regardless. No. 100%. Because I, agree. I don't think anybody should just watch this. No, no I, agree. I wish no. I would have seen it with someone so yeah. I could discuss yes. what I saw afterwards. Right. But right. I definitely think that kids, probably thirteen and up, yes, um, should see this film. I and agree. Then it, it sh- Spielberg knew what he was doing because the movies that he makes, even the fun ones that you think he makes, all have a discussion topic. They mm-hmm. have something in it that makes you have it. He gives you a chance to talk to people. Yeah, He wants you to interact and talk to people, talk to your neighbors, talk to your kids, talk to your community. And this is one of the biggest movies that he makes that is supposed to spring a discussion. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't spring a discussion with you, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, right. there's so many things to question. There's so many things to mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. There's so many things to research once you've seen it. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I was younger um, than Tracy <laughs> when this came out and I wasn't allowed to see it. And it wasn't because, you know, it's got naked people in it, but it was because I, I mean, I was 11, I think when it came out, I just wasn't ready. Sure. Mature maturity wise. And there's probably some 16, 17 year old kids that aren't ready mature wise. Yeah. Right. And, and so you need to know your kids and you need to know yourself, but I was glad when I did see it that I had, Waited because I understood more. I don't, mm-hmm. as an 11 year old, it would have just been traumatizing and I wouldn't have understood yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. And I think of you, Val, watching it by yourself and I can't imagine not but having I, someone. I to- grew up with my grandpa mm-hmm. who was in the war and we would watch war films together. Now they were not like that. I mean, the guy's right. like writing an A bomb, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they were war, fi- but I, I knew, the John Wayne type. you know, and I also snuck watching the Godfather and mm-hmm. I also snuck, like I was, oh, I've always been curious about storytelling and movies. And I've always been in a house that there was HBO somewhere. So I, always <laughs> 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 um, so I was always doing things I wasn't supposed to when it came to watching movies. But yeah, I didn't, you know, it was one of those, there's only two movies in my life that I feel like I watched. And I wouldn't say I watched this too soon, but I wasn't quite ready for it. It was this um, and Quentin Tarantino 
um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I uh, watched that way too young and it traumatized <laughs> me a lot um, in totally different ways. Um, I accidentally took – well, not accidentally. I took my mom to that movie. Oh, wow. I didn't know a thing about it and I didn't know a total sidetrack. But we – we my I just was in film school. I'd heard great things about it. It was opening weekend. That's all I knew anything about it. I hadn't seen Reservoir Dogs. This was my first Reservoir Tarantino Dogs film. Reservoir Dogs is such a great movie. Loved going to the movies with my mom. Hey, you want to go check this film out? Sure. Yeah, we, we, I took my mom to see Pulp Fiction. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So th- this movie and that movie I saw way too young. But I think with this one, it it was the feeling of there was something out there that was bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And at that age, like realizing that is a, a big deal that Steven Spielberg could even – spark that into a girl that age, you know, Mm -hmm. when everything's about ourself at that time. And so I really think it sparked, it sparked me asking questions about things that I wouldn't normally ask questions about, you know, and going back into school and saying, you know, well, what about this? What about that? And really looking around at the world around me thinking that not everything is what you think it is, you know? And I think because none of us knew what that was, we weren't there. We don't know that life. That's, you know, we're very sheltered here um, in this, you know, great city. And to watch something like that, that looked so real, I, I, it was just, again, the reason why I wanted to go to film school, I thought, you Mm -hmm. know, this is what, a film can do to someone yep. that this is exactly the power of storytelling. Change I want to be a part of in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get into the acting because I think the acting in this film is sublime. I think everyone was nominated. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is when Oscar Schindler is talking to, is it, is it Goeth? I can't remember. Uh, Ray Fine's character. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about power and he's like, you shooting people. That's not power. Power is in forgiving people and pardoning people. And so then, you know, he goes around for a little while saying, I pardon you. And then he reverts back to, to killing people. But the other scene that really sticks out with me is Sir Ben Kingsley. When he says to Schindler and he says, this list is an absolute good. And that scene to me is just yeah. so powerful. Because and, and then at the end, when he's saying, I could have saved one more, I should have sold this. I, because this was a guy, Schindler, he was in this for the profit. If Originally, can, yeah. Yeah, if mm-hmm. I can help these guys, okay. But I can, I can also build my right. business and make money off of this. And yeah. it was a money-making experience for him. And then as he got to know these people, his He's going through changed. the names of the families that, you know, he saved, which, again, putting names to the numbers, you know, yeah. four mm-hmm. people from this family and six people from this family that would have been erased. Like, there mm-hmm. wouldn't have been any more, you know. And I love that was a thing, too, that resonated with me when he was just like, you know, I – we can save three more. What else do we have? Mm-hmm. Where's the, where are the trucks? What, what piece of equipment do we have? What and everybody's like, you've done sell? enough. You've done enough. And he's like, I have, you know, they're this ring. I can give up this ring. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 1200 people. Yeah. He yeah. saved through his actions. And I like that you, you see that depicted that at the beginning, he was in it for the profit and he mm-hmm. wasn't because all too often we want to go back and look at history through these rose colored glasses of this guy was the hero. He mm-hmm. was the good guy. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning, you know, he was always doing it for the right reasons, but Spielberg didn't do that. And I think that adds to the realism. He was a womanizer. He was yeah. a profiteer. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. He wasn't this perfect savior, but he, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, I think he's doing it for the right reasons and he, you know, and he's helping people, but 
that's real life. Sometimes people aren't, nobody's mm-hmm. ever perfectly mm-hmm. good, right? Right, right. But um, I think that that's great to depict that in the story and in that the That kind film. of flawed hero. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the fact that Emily Schindler was was in the movie yeah. was, you know, amazing. Um, and pretty much everybody, I mean, I'm looking at the cast of people here and most of them I cannot pronounce their names because mm-hmm. they are actually, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just amazing well, how he created this film. Where we finally get the color of it when it's at his tomb. Mm-hmm. And you have these actual survivors placing flowers and the fact that Spielberg was able to find them and to film them all in this one location on this, on this one day. And it really just brings home again, that idea of these are real people. These are real people that were saved by this man. And yeah, there's fictionalizations of him, sure. I mean, but you have to, he wasn't quite as uh, gregarious at the end of his life as he is in the movie, but you need that that moment of respite. You need that kind of hero moment mm-hmm. um, coming out of this, you know, I loved the sound in this movie. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they made you, you could almost taste how cold it was mm-hmm. uh, the way that you could hear the train tracks on the ice cold metal, you know, when he's walking in from building to building and you can hear the, the heels the on snow. the crunch, but also on the cobblestone, you know, I, those are things that usually filmmakers, you know, they don't want you to hear, right. but it, the time was and around that time was so industrial, but it was also so stark. Mm-hmm. And but there are parts of the movie where it looks like you could be in Manhattan. So people were smart enough to know they shouldn't have been doing this, mm-hmm. you know. But their world was going on like none of oh, this was happening. Dinner, Ten right. dinner miles down and, exactly. the street, they, you know, they're gassing people and they're going to dinner and listening to music. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just I, the contrast that he shows. And he has you know his mistress working in a house where he's having these parties, you know, and she has to hope that she doesn't die today. Right. Mm-hmm. And and one mistake and she's a dead woman. Yep. One small thing could set him off and you don't know what it's going to be. But I think it's important to see that contrast because I think all too often we can sit back and think something like that would never happen here. Mm-hmm. Right. But it totally could and totally it, does. It does. Like, I, I'm not going to say that this is the same, but I mean, Utah is huge for... Um, People trafficking mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. the fact that we're all just sitting here in this nice room, but mm-hmm. down the street, there are kids being trafficked. Like that's the realist, but we don't see it. And that's the right. contrast of this story right. is that you're eating a warm meal in your house right now, you know, and down the street, somebody's not. Yeah. So I do a lot of outreach for those that are experiencing homelessness here in Salt Lake. And for a long time, it was concentrated down on Rio Grande. And that irony always struck me right by the gateway mm-hmm. and right by City Creek Mall where you have people buying Tiffany diamonds mm-hmm. a few blocks away from people who are just wondering where their next meal is going to be. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing here. And you have these people who were just taken out of their homes and forced into the ghettos and then moved from the ghettos into the concentration camps. The scene where the women have to prick their fingers to rub blood into their cheeks so they look healthy enough that they'll make it one more day. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what these people went through, but at least I can I can have an idea because of this movie and other movies, but it's still so hard to fathom what they what they did and how they did it. And and the long scene in this film when they're following the little girl in the red dress. Mm-hmm. And then the second time they go through 
and you go down the same path and then the camera pulls back and you see the piles of people and yeah. then you see the red dress in the pile and I it's it's silent and like I just want to cry right now like right. what he had to make he had to have that scene and that's what people don't want to see do you know why because they don't want to admit that it happened right because you know a lot of people did nothing about it mm-hmm. yeah and at the end when they're freeing them from the from the concentration camp you know and these people are just skeletal and the people down in the village down the down the way they knew what was happening mm-hmm. but they turned a blind eye to it but how could you i mean you stand up to the nazi you're going to be yeah i mean there. to 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 be fair to those that are in the village and and everything else I they mean, don't want to die. Right. That's what I'm saying. They <laughs> yeah. would be in yeah. the camp themselves exactly. if they stood up for this or it's shot. So, it's better to be a mistress in the basement than to be in a concentration camp. Yeah, it's better yeah. to be somebody be pretending shot. and smiling at a party right. and drinking the champagne than somebody in the concentration camp. Many people had to check themselves at the door because they didn't want to die. And that's war. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we talked about last week in Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. is what and how far are you willing to go and what are to you willing survive. to do? And Schindler had a little bit of – I mean, he had money on his side, you know, where it didn't always work in with with the Germans because it didn't matter sometimes how rich you were. They'd show up at your house and take you away for questioning and you would never be seen of again. Right. Mm-hmm. So Schindler kind of got away with all of it. But some there isn't anybody else that could have done that. Right. No. They would have been killed right away. Right. right. He had the connections and the money yeah. to be able to pull that off. Yeah. He had some friends in high places that kind of gave him cover because he was paying them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were making money off of this. So they would turn a blind eye to things. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. score. Oh, it's the amazing. violin yeah. solo score is just haunting and just so beautifully done. Yeah. It's it's incredible. I mean it makes you feel stuff. And you just you can't you can't when you see the movie and you listen to the music afterward, it's hard not to feel and see the things that you felt and saw you, it during you, the movie. You connect images with the music. Yeah. 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 It's not one that you're going to put on. Like, I mean, it's just... <laughs> Road trip, shit. Right, like yeah. <laughs> you just don't. And it's supposed to make you feel that. Right. And in it, this movie, the music, all of it does its job in making you feel those things. And it's important to feel those things. Yeah. And Ben Kingsley's character... Um, You know, he's one that he's kind of in a lose, lose, win, win situation Mm -hmm. because he's given he he came from a very I mean, he was a scientist. Right. Then he's not anymore because you've been stripped of everything. Mm -hmm. And now Schindler comes in. He was a scientist. Right. I believe believe so. 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 Um, You know, and then, you know. Schindler comes in and says, I need you to be my right hand man, basically. And I'm going to be giving you all of this power and stuff to do. And he's like, that's actually, you're not supposed to do that. You know, like this is, he's trying to help Schindler not do, but at the same time, he doesn't want to die because if he gets caught doing a job that he's not supposed to be doing, so he's not quite sure what to do because it's not protocol. And he's Mm -hmm. like, are you sure that you're going to allow me to do these things? And he couldn't quite, grasp the fact that this man respected him. Right. right. Uh, and, and seeing that kind of struggle, but not, but also the friendship and the bond between <laughs> those two. And I think by the end of the movie, the admiration of, you know, they look at each other and it's a thank you. Thank you. And, <laughs> you know, like, I couldn't have done this without you. Yeah. 
you know, but also thanks for saving all of these people that you didn't have to, you know, it was just the look that they gave each other. They didn't have to say anything. Yeah. One of the other really powerful moments to me is when Itchstock Stern, um, yeah. Ben Kingsley's character, is having everybody screw up the arms that they're building. And they're, they're purposely making it so the guns don't fire. <laughs> and, and then when, when Ralph Fiennes goes up to the guy and the guy's going slow and he's like, okay, build me a, build me a hinge, you know, and then he's like, build it faster. And then he takes the guy out in the courtyard and he's going to shoot him and the gun doesn't work. And so then he grabs the gun from the other soldier and that and gun start, doesn't work. And then he starts hitting him with the gun. And then just starts hitting him with the gun and then walks off. And it's like that whole scene. Yeah. And we kind of talked a little bit in, in yeah. the Saving Private Ryan episode about holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole episode, you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, just the evil of this man. Yeah. And the, the anger and the terror and the. Well, and the thing is, is that most people don't talk about either is that he had a job to do or he would have been dead. And yep. this is this is war, you know, and we we see all of these evil monsters and we don't want to say to ourselves that, you know, they could actually be human and they have families, too, and right. they have a job to do. And, you know, being his being Ray Fine's character had to have been a struggle for anyone because you have been put in this position where you have to do bad, horrible things. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do those bad, horrible things, you die and mm-hmm. your family probably dies as well, mm-hmm. you know, and and they showed little bits and pieces of him almost being that good almost, human. Almost, yes. Almost. And uh-huh. then he had to go back because if he went too far in the other direction, you know. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. Right. And I think we it's hard for us to understand that whole mentality and that mindset that if I don't do this, if I don't behave this way, that I'm going to die. Yeah. We've never lived under a regime or mm-hmm. a government where mm-hmm. that's been the case, but I can tell you I have met people in Germany mm-hmm. who lived during that time and when they talk about Hitler and the Nazis, they whisper his name wow. and look over their shoulder. Yeah. Wow. It's like Voldemort 50 really years, not even 60 to make fun, years but, after. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, the fear that that regime had over the the power that they had through fear over the people is incredible. I mean, it came all the way here. You know what I mean? That fear right. encroached upon the United States. Oh, absolutely. And and I and it is one of those things that he does very Spielberg does very well in Saving Private Ryan and in Schindler's List and if you pay attention to the characters, you question um, on who the good guys are and right. who the bad guys are. Because, you know, obviously the bad guys here, Hitler is not a good guy. Right. He wanted to kill all of these people. Mm-hmm. However, you know, when you're in a situation where you have to be on a side and the side is alive and not dead, you choose the alive side. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, especially and, when the live side has parties and women and, and weapons wealth and, and weapons. And <laughs> like, you know, it's hard to say where you would be in that situation. Right. And you're right. There are families that didn't have a choice. Right. You know, I mean, I didn't if you were back then and you were in your house, you wouldn't want to see your kids ripped from your arms. Oh, no. You know, everybody knew what was going on down the street, but you didn't want to be a part of it. So, you know, I think Spielberg does a good – he shows us different sides of humanity in both of these it's films. those shades of gray you talked yes. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which 
again, he shows us the shades of gray, not only in the people and the humanity, but the coloring of the right. film, depending on where you are in mm-hmm. the film, mm-hmm. it's a brighter shade of gray and black and white, or it's mm-hmm. a darker shade of gray, or yep. it's a more brown shade of gray and black and white. And it's it, so just the details Very of the subtle. way, yes, mm-hmm. the details um, that you see that, again, I can't wait to see on the big screen because they're going to show it again. I, I'm so excited. I, it's the the cinematography, take the story out of it. The cinematography, mm-hmm. again, just like we talked about last week, is phenomenal. The the visuals are phenomenal. The soundtrack, the the score, mm-hmm. is so thoughtful. Oh, it's haunting, so beautifully done. haunting yeah. the score, but in a good way. Well, I worked at a video store um, at the time. I worked at a. It was Video Shark. Yes, and, <laughs> of course. And, and anyway. Um, this is back when VHS tapes cost a lot of money uh, before they did sell through. And I bought the collector's edition box set of that movie. And it cost me, I think it was about 250 bucks. And I was going to film school. I was working for minimum wage at 425 an hour, but I was like, I have to have this film. And it came with a CD of the soundtrack. It came with a poster, came with the letterboxed editions on two VHS cassettes. Cause it was a longer mm-hmm. film. But I could say that I owned that movie. I didn't have to rent it. Nice. I owned that movie. And I still have it um, at my house to this day. It's a very treasured mm-hmm. item to me. This was something that was incredibly important for, for me to own. And this was where I started to realize how powerful, it's like you said, how powerful cinema could be. And launching me into into film school was like the perfect springboard in a lot of ways. Well, and then the documentaries that he put together afterwards of the making of this film and you got to meet the characters that were very young then that mm-hmm. are probably not alive right now right. because they were very, you know, old, old when, bat, uh, when, when they filmed it, when they filmed it um, and, and hearing their stories and, you know, hearing what they went through. And then at the end of the movie, seeing in color, them going to the grave sites and putting so the rock good. on Schindler. Yes. Yeah, it just, so good. Yeah. I, I mean, he captured something that, Again, hard to pitch, but so glad he fought for it. And I'm so glad he didn't give it to Kubrick. I love Kubrick, but that it would have been not, a totally different movie. Yeah, it would have been very different. And, and I, I think Spielberg really is the only filmmaker out there that could have made this film yeah. in this way. Yeah. It, I mean, it, regardless of anybody else doing it, Kubrick or anyone else, it would have been a different film and it just wouldn't have been the same. Well, and and like you said, bringing the attention and the education, and he's now funded through the film. Um, He's teamed up with different Jewish community groups to fund education and to stop hatred and racism and to support communities. I think he was, um, I want to say he was inducted. There's some kind of special. Yeah. I don't want to say group. I, I don't know what the word is. Yeah. I'm not he as up was, on he's my, received many awards and inducted Medal of into, Honor almost yes, from, the, yeah. from, from the Jewish people. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, I mean, he just so many things. And I loved it when he won for Schindler's List and he n- just listed names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He listed names of survivors and families past. And I, I believe he even had someone at one of the award shows come up and talk um, and say, you know, say something. And he brought some people with him to the award show that they, it, it wasn't about him. He didn't, right. he didn't win the award. It, they won the, award. you know, it was, it was a whole team. Yeah. It, well, I mean, yeah. it was their story, you know, and 
you know, war is a hard story to tell, and there are so many to tell, and Spielberg does it so well. Well, mm-hmm. at the time, it was kind of a surprise. Like I said, he was coming off of Jurassic Park. Yeah. This was a guy who did Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He did mm-hmm. popcorn movies. Yeah. Now he's making a World War II film, and thank God that he did. Right. Yeah. I you mean, know. in two of them. Two of them. Two totally different mm-hmm. ways, um, and both very hard to watch, but so necessary. Yeah. Two of my top films, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd definitely be in there. All right, so what grade are we going to give Schindler's List? I feel like it's just... We have to it, do it. We have to, but it just seems silly to do it. I mean, it's another one that... Yeah, I, I give this one an A and not an A+, plus just because... And the only reason I give things an A+, plus is because I can watch it over and over and over and over. Mm. Um, this is one that it, I have I have to be in the right mind frame um, to be able to watch this. But I respect this film so much. I respect so much about it. It is a solid A for me, but yeah, I can, I can maybe watch it like once a year, once every other year. Like it's, it's, it's really just be, it hits me really hard. So. Mm, Yeah. yeah. I like that criteria. I like that thought about an A plus because you can watch it again. Um, For me, the quality of the film, the filmmaking, um, just on the technical side, then when you add in the emotional side, uh, solid A plus for me. One of my top top ten, maybe top five films yeah. in terms of of quality it's of definitely film. In my top it's 10 not 10. my favorite film to watch, right? Mm-hmm. But it is in Smart. my top probably five of top films that are important to me. Yeah, I think it's an, a nearly perfect film. Yeah, it's hard to find any fault with it. Mm-hmm. I would probably give it an A plus, but I agree, it's not one that you can watch over mm-hmm. and over again. I Which do, means he did his job. Right. Because nobody should sit down and be like, I really enjoy Let's watch that let's, again. Let's jump right <laughs> that was just, you know, yeah. but, but I do think everyone, especially today, especially with the political climate that we live in, mm-hmm. especially with a lot of the messages that are being spread about in the world, everyone should sit down and watch this movie at least once. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and if, you, if it's been a while, you should sit down and watch it again. And like Val said, when it comes on the big screen, go see it. Absolutely. Jump on it. It's, it's one of the most powerful filmmaking experiences, seeing it in those th- on the big screen by myself. And there was only like four people in the theater opening right. night. I mean, that theater was empty. And but that's not the case anymore. So when it comes no, out, it's going to sell get out. Tickets so make and sure. get tickets early. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I agree. I didn't know it was coming out again. Yeah. That's great. Yep. yep. Both Spielberg's, both uh, Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Yeah. Back awesome. on the big screen for you. Yeah. Awesome. Just do yourself a favor. Check them out. Absolutely. Please let us know what you thought of today's show. Um, if you liked the film or disliked the film, if there was something that we didn't talk about that you loved or disliked about the film, um, if there's something, a movie you want us to talk about in the future, we definitely want to hear from you. Yep. And you can send us that feedback and that, uh, those suggestions to uh, podcast at movies that make us.com. Um, I know this is these last two have kind of been a departure from what we've done the last few weeks prior to that. And I, <laughs> but I think that that's important because totally the films necessary. and the movies that make us are more than just the fun movies. hundred percent. These movies make us who we are too. And mm. I, I think that they're just even more important to talk about. But if you disagree with that, let us know. We'd love to hear your opinions. Absolutely. On it. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at movies that make us. We're on Instagram at movies that make us. Uh, and you can follow us at, uh, on Twitter as well at movies make us because Twitter's just a little different. Twitter's its own special world. And I believe our next podcast is going to be Jaws. Is that right? Ooh, or is it E.T. Uh, and then Jaws? And we're going to finish off the month with Jaws. One of my lesser favorite Spielberg films followed by one of my more favorite. Oh, so, we're going to have some disconnections See, we've had week. like totally 
agreement across the board yeah. the last couple episodes. E.T. is not one of my favorites. So here's, but. I just want to put a little shout out right now for E.T. Today is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy sister. Happy birthday. Um, that we're, the day that we're recording, not the day that it comes out. <laughs> she was absolutely terrified of E.T. So I feel like if we're mentioning that on her birthday, I just have to like, we're gonna, I want to dedicate the show to her because wow, it terrified fair. her so much. That's so. fair. Anyway, so next week will be E.T. I'm excited. It's one of my favorite films. And even if it's not yours, Tracy. I, I still like it. It's just yeah. not one of my favorites. Tracy hates it, but we'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> Start your complaints now. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, and we won't see you at the movies. Good night. Bye-bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.